0: All right, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another day of Sabre Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, May 16th of 2023 here. We have our first game of the Western Conference Finals tonight. We got the Lakers taking on the Nuggets. Should be a very good series here. Uh, Should be a lot of fun to watch. And then uh, NBA is also running a Tuesday to Wednesday two-game classic slate, the multi-day slate going on here. And then we got a 12-game MLB main slate for today. Also have the PGA Championship on Thursday, and then no NHL until Thursday as well. So plenty to talk about still. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim, the show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions come in from support. Uh, you can reach us at support at Saberson.com. Questions come in live in the YouTube chat and questions come in via the office hours channel in our discord. If you're not in our discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. And if you are just tuning into this show, happen to stumble upon it and you want to check us out, uh, we have a seven day, no strings attached free trial link to that in the description as well. We do the show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, come and get your questions answered. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here Uh, i have one question from support and then i have two questions in the discord so if anybody tuning in has a question on their mind something that they've been wanting to ask now is the time to do it so get that question in the queue we get to all the questions before the end of the show here uh but first question that came in from support says Question says, hey, so I have a question for you. I know that you guys are more focused on GPPs, but can you give me your opinion on playing cash games? Is it realistic to be a profitable cash game player? And what is a realistic winning rate for a cash player? So this is a good question. Um, haven't played a ton of cash. Had to go get some uh opinions from other users on the Saberson team here. So um, was able to dip into my resources there. And the, the feedback that i got was uh was the following so um honestly i think i think for mlb it's probably pretty beatable i think our projections are pretty great and we're different enough from other sources even when filtered for vegas a realistic cash rate uh for these games that i could think of is about 65 percent here so um, this this is a take specifically on MLB here. Uh, this is coming from somebody on the team who plays more cash games, who uh, is it, where where that is a bigger part of their uh, contest mix here. So I think that the information is uh, like uh, accurate and, and trustworthy here. Um, not not a lot more I can say on the topic but but if you guys have questions about you know cash and different things like this uh this is why we always say like be in the discord you know you could post a question like this in the mlb channel and then the great thing about it being in the discord is that you know all members of the sabersim team can uh jump in and kind of uh answer questions uh throughout the day right so i see scott in there a lot i see matt in there a lot uh, Jordan's in there a lot, right? So a lot of the members of the team are around and can give their feedback. Uh, so, so another great reason to be part of the discord. Okay. Next question here from Bill's nut. And the question says, Do you have a preference for max exposure. You want to have to a pitcher on a slate and slash, or the maximum amount of pov- positive leverage that you need to have. Uh, so good question here. The, the answer you know if you're asking me specifically my answer is no i i don't have a preference as to how much of a pitcher i want i am okay having 100 percent of a pitcher if you know the ownership kind of implies that hey this guy's going to be really i owned he's a great play and to get any leverage on this player uh you know you're probably going to have to roster him close to 100 i'm okay with that right like that is within my risk tolerance here I would feel differently if the pitcher was like 10% owned and we're getting like 100% of the pitcher. So so as far as leverage, right? I think that, you know uh this question's kind of hard. Uh so so okay, so so looking at these looking at these uh pitcher ownerships here. So we have Seth Lugo at 18% owned and we have Christian Javier at 41% ish owned here. If, if I ran a build and in my top 20 lineups, Christian Javier was 100% owned. I, I would not think about changing it. I would be totally fine with that. Like that is 2.5 X the field approximately here. Like we are barely 2.5 X the field on Christian Javier with 100% ownership. But then if you go look at Shane Bieber, who's like 5% owned here, we have 15%. This is, this is, 3x the field here uh but but you know but these absolute numbers matter right so so to to me i am okay with 100 of christian javier i would not be okay with 100 percent of shane bieber here right uh for for somebody like shane bieber you know it's 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 really depends on your risk tolerance and and, and what you are trying to accomplish here uh I sometimes like to, if, if the ownership is low, what I'll do is I will look at the pool exposure and if the pool exposure is higher, I will use this pool exposure number to figure out how high I want to be above that number. So like if, if we're getting a ton of positive leverage on Shane Bieber in our top 20 lineups in our pool, I might be okay being two, three X the pool here. So if, if I had 50% Shane Beaver, uh, I might be okay with that. Th- this would probably be closer to the top of my preferred range here, uh, being like 3X the pool exposure when pool exposure is greater than ownership here. Uh, but but that might be it for me. But, uh, you know, you might ask somebody else this question and they might feel differently about it, right? Saying like, you know what, uh, 44% leverage on Shane Beaver is, is probably too much. I'm okay being like maybe max five X his ownership here. I think that's more than enough. And then they just take him in uh, 25% of their lineups. Uh, But you know, the, the, the takeaway here should be that there's not a wrong or right answer to this. It really comes down to uh, the type of player that you are and the type of portfolio that you want. And uh, how comfortable are you with risk in these situations here? So uh, those are my thoughts on it. And, and just, some examples for you there all right question for k from k polo here question says for tonight's Fanduel nba showdown 150 max gpp what's a good guardrail on how many dupes you want for geomine uh so this is a good question i i think that you know something that i like to do with geomine or something that um i've even heard eric talk about eric did a pro video recently uh, for for showdown here, uh, and uh, that's part of our pro-exclusive content. If you're on the Saberson Pro Plan, you should be able to access that video. Another great reason to be on the Pro Plan here. But something I like to do is, you know, apply a GeoMean value and see how many lineups that it gets rid of here. So let's run 500 lineups for the single-game NBA showdown over on FanDuel. And then I'm going to bust out my calculator here. I don't know what the contest look like tonight on FanDuel. Let's say there's like 20,000 entrants here. So then what you would do is you would just start with a number, right? So we would start with – I'm going to start with 20. And then I'm going to do 20 divided by 20,000. And then that's going to be to the power of 1 over 5 since there are only 5 players in this lineup as opposed to 6 over on DraftKings. So when I do that, when I do 20 divided by 20,000 – to the power of one over five. Then what I can do here is I have my Geo mean rule and, or my Geo mean custom metric, which I'm just using as a summary t- statistic here. And then I can um, apply a filter now that I have that custom metric where I'm going to say, I, I like to use hide. So I'm going to say hide lineups where Geo mean is greater than and then the outcome of that calculation that I did was 25.12. So, so when I do that, it removed 494 of my 500 lineups and I'm only left with six lineups. This is too much. Even though I might want a guardrail of 20, um, 20 dupes, the, the builder is telling me like, hey, that's not really a good number. You're going to have to change this number. And then so so what you can do is you can kind of just start with a number and then work backwards. But, but the point I, that I was getting at is that you never want to remove too many lineups from your pool. Um, I think removing – anywhere from like 10 to 20% of lineups via GeoMean is okay. So, so let's say that, you know, I applied a GeoMean filter. I'm just going to manually like adjust this for now. And then I get to a point where this value here only removes, you know, 50 to 100 lineups here. Okay. So like at, at a GeoMean of 50 uh, of 60 here, we've removed 62 lineups from our pool. Like I'm, I'm okay with this number, right? This is right in that 10 to 20% range here. Um, but, but if you want it to be a little more aggressive, maybe we go down to like 57 and then we get rid of about a hundred lineups here. So like, I probably wouldn't lower it further than this, but, but we can see that, you know, at a Geo mean of 57, this is two X what it was. So like, this would be approximately 50 dupes, uh, more or less right i'm just going to do the math real quick so so if we did the calculation for 50 dupes that's actually 47.8 so what we're saying is that hey every lineup in our pool at this point uh we can expect it to be duplicated over 50 times when when we are oh actually i think i i forgot a zero 2123 two, to power 1 over 5 Okay. So, so 50 dupes at 20,000 entrance is actually 30 geo means. So we would have to go like pretty high up here. So what you're saying is like, Hey, every lineup that I'm playing, I can kind of expect it to be duped a, uh, a large number of times here, like in the hundreds. But, um, but that is where I would start pick a number that you're comfortable with figure out, see how many lineups you're getting rid of and then figure out what your happy medium is. I think somewhere in the 10 to 20 is percent, uh, trashing of lineups in your pool is probably where I would pump the brakes uh, regardless of the number there. Okay, uh good questions and going to keep it rolling in the Discord, and then we'll jump over to the YouTube chat. Uh got a question here from Kentucky Nick. Roger says I'm struggling with getting too much or too little exposure to players. What is the best way to change the exposure without messing with the Sims example, 80% of one pitcher or 0% of a batter. And then follow up here says, I think you answered my question for pitcher. Could you address batters? Okay. So, so it sounds like I uh, did, did a little bit of two birds with one stone on, on the previous question, which is great. Glad, glad we were able to, um, you know, make that question useful for more than one person. Uh, So, so let's talk about batters here. So, I'm struggling with getting too much or too little exposure to players. What is the best way to change the exposure without messing with the Sims? So personally, I think that, you know, let's go back to MLB here. Inherently, batter exposures are going to be much more spread out. And that is a direct effect of their range of outcomes here. Uh, the builder understands their range of outcomes just due to the nature of hitters with how their uh, their their data sets look across the sims by by bucketing the sims we're just going to get this big spread of hitters naturally here uh it's not it's not going to be as condensed as what we see with the pitchers here so personally what i like to do is i i like to cap my hitters um i just want to put the builder in a position where it cannot use so many batters uh the same batters over and over again so like Look at Atlanta in our top 20 lineups. We have four Atlanta hitters over 50% here. And it's the four, five, six, seven hitters here, right? Um, I, I don't want to see this. I I'm okay seeing Atlanta. Like if I go to team stacks, I have 70% Atlanta. I am totally fine with that. But I do not want to see one player, Sean Murphy, used in 13 out of those 14 stacks. That's just way too much. I'd rather use all hitters one through nine. So what I like to do is say I'm building 20 lineups. Um, I'm gonna find a number I'm comfortable with with maybe like 35% here, uh, just, just taking a crack at it. And I'm gonna cap all my hitters to 35%. And but I'm not gonna cap any team stacks. So what I'm saying to the builders, like, hey, you can stack as much of any team as you want, but you're gonna have to use uh an array of hitters here, not the same hitters over and over again. And what we see here is that you know the builder is fairly easily able to meet this requirement here but one thing that I didn't see which I want to reset to see is I'm going to make my two adjustments to exposures or to projections again and then I actually want to see you know right now at this moment I have 53 batters in my player pool when I go to um when I when I cap these guys when I hit this 35 percent so 53 batters I'm going to do this one more time I want to make sure i'm only doing batters okay uh up to lugo javier is a pitcher we're going to get jose ramirez Olson, rosario so so a lot of atlanta and cleveland today is is what i'm picking up here i think that's probably fine so we go from 53 batters to 62 batters and we we left the pitcher exposures like we wanted those are completely fine but then it, even if we just went over to the all batters tab we could see that all these guys are now under 35 percent. um i've i've gotten to nine additional hitters and i haven't even touched my stacks but my stacks naturally come down because what the builder is saying is like hey when i can't use these batters over and over again i actually think that other lineups with other teams are more positive ev at that point and, and that is the exact effect that i want um i want the builder to have to make these decisions and i want the builder to have to use all the players in the lineup and then if it figures out that hey you know uh when i do have to use these other players from the lineup i would rather just go play this other stack that i wasn't going to play before and that is how i get more spread out that is that is what i'm looking to do more often than not um if if you're having trouble getting to particular batters uh specifically here i think you can just handle it with min exposures i would be careful about trying to just play batters like uh do you want to play them as a one-off do you want to play them as a as a stack i think that you know when i'm thinking about hitters i'm thinking about them as a team like like do i want to place a, a wager on this team you know what i'm saying so so every time that you are um Playing players in a lineup, you know, you're you're making a bet kind of on the team in in most instances, unless like for some reason you just have have some inclination that like this player is going to hit a certain like a like a home run tonight or something like that. So uh, I, I like to think about it all from kind of a stack perspective, but then use uh, use this max exposure as like a limiting factor to almost help the stacks in a way here. So um, never I'm never really sending any min exposures to batters but I think you could if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, Hope I got those questions from Kentucky Nick here. Okay. One quick follow-up said, yeah, there was a time where I had blue Jay stacks, but only one with Vlad. Uh, So I think that's, I think that's okay. Um, What, what I would do is just like search for Vlad. And then I would see, you know, I think this is pretty telling here in general is like, okay, um, I have four lineups in my pool with Vlad for less than 1%, but then I have, you know, so many of this team stacked. I mean, they're, they're kind of a bad example today uh, with only being seven, seven stacks in my pool. But I think that you could just kind of handle that on like a team by team basis. So like, let's pick a different team here. Maybe I pick the Mets, right. A little bit more pool exposure lineups, Um, And then maybe I'm using Pete Alonzo as like the equivalent here. And then I just go and find Alonzo and then see how many lineups he's in. He's in 21 out of those like, well, he's in 21 lineups total. I don't know how many are one offs. If we assume they're all stacks, then he's in about like 21 out of those 49 lineups here. Um, I I think that just like 8%, even if you're running a 150 set here, I think 8% is just kind of not a lot of lineups. In general, here, like maybe 12 lineups if you're running a 150 set. And um what what you could do is like you could just force that player, right? But um but I I I would I would be okay just forcing him. Uh what you could always do is you could always go back to the home screen. If there's just like one particular player that you want to get to for whatever reason, uh just just give them a small percentage boost here. I would say like five percent so so if we're looking at like jake fraley it'd be like 1.1 so then like a like a half point point adjustment and then bump him up to like 11.66 as opposed to 11.16 and then just rerun your build if if that piece is that important to you all right a uh, question from ryan nelson here ryan said how closely do you do you adhere to the profit plan when you select your contests?" For the day, uh, so this is a really good question. When I am playing on DraftKings and FanDuel, I am adhering to this very, very closely here. I haven't made an exception for the contests over on owner's box, and, and the reason for that is because the contests overlay so often. Um, when when you play DFS, right? Let's say that you put in a hundred dollars in entry fees today. About fifteen percent of that is is going to be raked, Is going to be taken out of the price pool. Uh, so so basically, w- once those contests lock, you could go and see your contests, and then you know um, all your alignments will be in first place because everybody's tied. And you will see that you know the average um, entry that that your average payout at that point is is about fifteen percent less than what you entered. Right. So when you play on DraftKings and FanDuel, you have to win back the rake that you're paying and then you need to profit on top of that so people will come in and say like hey you know i'm I'm breaking even um i'm winning a little bit but i want to win more it's like okay hold on you know um they'll say like you know what what changes can i make and it's like pump the brakes your process is a winning process because you are winning back that 15 percent and maybe like five to ten percent on top of that already right so that in and of itself is a win right uh for for me I like to play over on owner's box because these contests are overlaying. There's they're either uh, paying you to play like your $5 entry is now when the contest locks, it's actually worth $6 and they're, they're paying you a dollar per entry to play. Or uh, the other thing is like the rake free. And then now I don't even need to go win up back that 15%. Everything that I win from this point on is, is actually money in my pocket. So over on owner's box, I'm playing all the GPPs I'm playing. Their flagship. Uh, they have good contests. They have a $1.30 max. They have a twenty five cent one hundred and fifty max. I think they usually have a five dollar three max. Uh, the, the only thing over on their side is that they they're not big enough as like uh, DraftKings and FanDuel to have these contests where they're limiting who can play. But a lot of top players are not playing over there at the moment anyway. So over on Owner's Box, I'm playing all the GBPs. I'm playing like their flagship and then their one fifty max, their thirty max, their three maxes. They have a 25 dollars three max so i wouldn't say that particularly follows the profit plan but i think that with the um overlay and no rake that you really can't beat that so um that is where my bankroll allocation goes first before going to other sites all right jumping over to the youtube chat uh looks like we have quite a few questions here but if anybody has any questions now is a great time to get those in so daniel martinez said Can you example geometric bean formulas for today's NBA showdown, such as a four-point play 20 max formula, then a formula for showdown 20 max, 35K entrance, uh, trying to find a way to generate a formula per contest I'm entering while doing showdown NBA. Uh, Okay, so I I will talk about this for your 35K uh, entrance here, and then I will let... Uh, you uh, almost take home like a, a practice problem and, and solve the other uh, contest here. But let me share my screen so I can pull up the calculator as well here. And so, so let's say that I'm I'm going to go to NBA and I'm going to go to the showdown for tonight. I'm going to make two small adjustments here to projections. I usually just make it in the util because the captain gets multiplied. So just do 64.38, make a 0.01 adjustment here, 50.62. And then I'm going to do this as if I'm on the pro plan first. And then I can show you guys how to do this on the standard plan. So then so then from here, right, what I would do is not make any other adjustments. Just want to make sure that these are on 0, 010 sliders. They are going to run 500 lineups here. And then I'm going to pull up my calculator. And then I am going to figure out, you know, what gymming value I want to use. My baseline to start with is usually 20 here. So I'm going to go parentheses and then I'm going to go uh, 20 divided by, and we said 35,000. So it's the number of dupes you're shooting for divided by the number of entries in the contest. And then you take that number to the power. You got to put it in parentheses again. And then it's one divided by N where N is the number of, uh persons in a lineup so for DraftKings kings showdown it'd be one divided by six because there's six players in this lineup and then i would just hit equals so then a uh if i'm looking for lineups with a projected dupe rate of about 20 uh dupes in the contest my GL mean would be 28.81 so it, it's it's you technically have to move two decimal places over here and use it like at in a percentage format here so then when i would go back to the app what i would do here is I would go to my filters, and, or actually, what I would do first, make sure I have a custom metric created, where the where the metric is my own product geo mean value. Then that will actually look at the ownerships of all the players, calculate the geo mean here, and then now I can filter for it because it is a summary statistic. And then you know, similarly to the way we did uh, Fanduel earlier, I'm going to go you know hide geo mean, hide lineups with geo mean. Greater than, I think it was 28.12, 28.81, sorry, 28.81. So that got rid of 155 lineups. I think for the sake of the example, that's that's okay here. And then from here, I could figure out, you know, what else I want to do for my lineups. We talked about a process yesterday for MLB Showdown. I have to imagine that process actually worked. I forgot who asked it. Uh, but basically, we went and ran like the cash lineups for the MLB showdown for the for the Mets and Washington and all the big stacks. Uh, the The most popular captain was David Peterson, the the pitcher for the Mets, who got hit pretty hard. And um, it was all four two and five one Mets stacks. And Washington ended up like blowing out the Mets and won. Like I think I saw those score was like eight to one at some point. I don't know what the score ended up being, but I'm pretty sure uh, Washington stacks got there. So in our post build, we went and, uh, we went and added exposure to Washington five stacks, Washington four, two, to get some direct leverage on some of those cashy, uh, constructions here. So not sure if whoever asked that played, but, uh, if you did and had some success, would would, uh, would love to hear about it and, uh, cheer you on there. But, but for GeoMe, uh, getting, getting back to this question, that is how I would solve it. Uh, the way we did it on this calculator here, uh you know 20 divided by thirty-five thousand in parentheses to the power of one over six in parentheses as well and then use that value there and then you can adjust the value depending on you know how many lineups this is removing from your pool or not and and, and give it a different number let's say that you know you do this and it trashed 10 lineups like great go go and be more aggressive uh maybe maybe drop this down to 10 out of thirty-five thousand, and 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 let let see see what that comes out to and see how many lineups you end up getting rid of in that scenario, right? So the, the formula can be adjusted and then you can just adjust your filters here. But that's for the pro plan. If you are on the standard plan here, what you can do is you can set a lineup aggregate rule here. So then you go to new rules, you go to aggregate, you go to my own product or you go to geometric mean and you can do no more than and you just do whatever your calculation came out to here. So uh, 28.81. And then now you would know that all the lineups you have generated, or you are going to generate in this build will be underneath this threshold here. So the only caution about that is that, you know, you don't get, um, you don't get like the rawest, rawest form of the Sims here, because what we are doing in our other build is we are building all the lineups and then we are filtering out the ones we don't want. In this scenario, what is happening is like a lineup can be generated, but then it doesn't meet the geomean requirement that you've set. So then, uh, basically, have to go and find a version of that lineup that does meet the rules. So that is that can have an effect on like the integrity of the sims. There, uh, what I would suggest in that scenario is I would suggest to run a build with no rules on, where you can look at. What are the most popular captains? Uh, what are the most popular um or not even popular, but like what what captains are coming up most often, what constructions are coming up most often. Um, uh, and, and I'm not talking about a cash build, I'm talking about like a true zero ten build, and then run a version and then run a second build with your rule on. And then you could almost use the first build as like a sanity check to the second build, saying, like, hey, you know, I, I understand that these type of constructions are helping me to meet my geo mean requirement, but the, the true sim optimals version, you know, played a lot more of this player and I'm actually getting zero lineups with them. And I think that's too risky. Let me go and force that and see if I could find some lineups with that captain, so to speak in this case. Right? So if you run a zero 10 build with no restrictions, you're getting a lot of joke, captain. And then you run a lineup, with a aggressive geo mean threshold here, and then you're getting no Jokic. I I think that's uh, a red flag. That would be a caution signal for me, and that would tell me to either see how much Jokic is in my pool and see how much uh, of him I can play, or maybe I want to go back to the home screen and readjust the geo mean uh, number here and make it a little more less restrictive, or a little less restrictive. Okay, uh, good question there, Daniel. Let me know if there's any follow-up. A question here from Kurt said, are there any specific contests SaberSim has identified on winning frequently? If so, an example of one on DK and FanDuel. So so Kurt, um, if you're not familiar with our DFS profit plan, I would highly recommend checking out that video. That video is over on our YouTube channel on the homepage. Uh, it says new here, start here first. This 17-minute video, Start Winning More With Our DFS Profit Plan, is basically a contest selection framework where we have outlined what we believe are um, the best contests to play to smooth out your variants and to continue to allow you to grow and build a bankroll here. This is this comes at the tail end of a five-part Behind the sim series where all of those videos were a lot more in-depth about the process that went into creating this framework, but this is really the too long, didn't read version of the series. And these, this is all the key points and the highlights uh, that you really need to know. So if you're interested in learning more about it, I would check out the Behind the Sim series under the podcast tab here. And it was actually episodes one through five. Um, But if you're just looking for the quick hitters here, I would watch the 17 minute video. This outlines all of the best contests that we believe our users should be playing all right, question from Noah. Hey, yesterday's slate had so many high-scoring games. Do you feel like it was better to focus on a couple of games or play as many games as possible? So, so yeah, so yesterday's slate was really interesting, right? Um, a ton of high scoring games. We had the Cardinals, we had Seattle, we had Cincinnati and Colorado, but they didn't even end up in in a lot of the winning lineups. Uh, so so it was just a crazy game. The Dodgers and the Twins went off really late in a in an eight to nine West uh um, eight to nine score on a late night West coast game. So was, was a really crazy game. Um, I I would say that, you know, I'm not particularly saying, okay, you know, there's this many games on the slate. Let me make sure I get exposure to, you know, 75% of them or anything like that. I'm, I'm really letting some of these adjustments that I'm making kind of get me there with, with, uh, as like a byproduct of, of some of the other things that I'm trying to do. So at, at no point, let me get Saberson pulled back up here. So, so at no point I'm, as I, am I saying, you know, okay, there's 12 games on the slate. I need to get exposure to at least like eight of them. So I need to have exposure to like 16 teams. And then I'm coming in here and, and seeing what that number is, uh, right off the bat here, if you're building 150 set, even with 500 ish lineups here, and no mini neeks on sabersim is getting to 22 out of the 24 teams on this slate uh so so that's that's very um oh actually this is probably because of the batter rule that i've set here because i had that batter exposure so this is probably helping me get to a lot of teams here um I, i i like doing this in general here i think that you know the builder is trying to figure out what lineups and what constructions are the most ev here um but but i think that from a risk management perspective i'm okay with with something like this here um it's going to depend a little bit on some of the exposures uh to individual batters here uh which is probably like a fault of this logic here where you know maybe maybe positive leverage on matt mcclain is good i mean he's Min salary for Cincinnati batting second in Coors. Like maybe I should have more exposure to him, but because of this rule, I'm actually um, limiting the number of times he can come up. So that's probably like a fault of something that I'm doing. Um, But, but I, but that's like a trade off that I'm probably willing to make. Uh, Another way I could do it is like handle it on like a team by team basis. And uh, you know, come in here and like, look at Cincinnati, specifically and then see if I want to adjust some of these values to that team. But, but kind of a slate by slate basis. Uh, that's, that's probably not helpful for like this format here as far as like general um tips and advice. So what, what I would say is that, you know, you can handle this uh, via mini uniques, right. To get more spread out, but, but it really comes down to personal preference. I'd say like for, for me, right. I don't really want to stack any team in 150 set, more than 50% of the time, but there are people who do, and there are people who are okay with the outcomes. Uh so really comes down to your risk tolerance. You got you have to ask yourself like if if you come in here and you see that you only have exposure to 12 out of 24 teams and that bothers you, I would do something about it. So, like if you are asking this question, it sounds like you probably want more exposure to teams. You want to be like more spread out and uh not as much exposure to any individual team. I think that's okay you know, use a combination of mini-neeks with some fine-tuned adjustments and get more spread out, right? So with that battered global exposure and with mini-neeks of five, I actually get exposure to all teams on the slate here uh, to some capacity. Not sure if I really want that much exposure to San Francisco, Chicago, and Houston, uh, but I'm I'm getting it, right? So definitely just something you kind of have to ask yourself about what you want your lineup portfolio to look like Okay, uh, looks like we have a second question here from Noah. Noah said, hey, yesterday slate had so many high-scoring games. Uh, actually, this is the same question. Okay, uh, question here from Snowman. Snowman said, good morning. What is up, Snowman? Someone said, can you talk about good chalk versus bad chalk? Uh, yeah, sure, man. Uh, so I so feel like this like kind of something we've been talking about a little bit here. I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday as well. But basically, chalk is not good or bad. Chalk – is just a term to refer to a a player or set of players that is going to have high ownership here right so like the easiest way to to do it is to come into the app and sort by ownership here and then when you sort by ownership descending you're going to see the highest owned plays on the slate and what you can do is like look at teams and then kind of figure out uh like look at groups right so automatically i see two cincinnati players two colorado players and then uh, a couple pitchers here which i'm not super concerned about maybe i just look at batters right so i see all cincinnati and colorado are like the top 10 plus exposures for individual batters here right so that just tells me that hey cincinnati and colorado are are what i would consider the chalk for today's game uh Now, from there, you know, we need to figure out uh, is this good chalk or is this bad chalk? Right. And the way I would do that is I would come into this team and I would try to figure out an estimated stack exposure, stack ownership. And I would say maybe like 20 to 25 percent is like a fair number here. We have Matt McLean at like 30 plus, Fraley at 28, uh, some other guys in the 17 to 18 range. India at 21. So I think 20 to 25% stack ownership for Cincinnati is a fine estimate. Uh, gonna do the same exercise for Colorado. I think twenty to twenty-five percent for them is okay as well here. So so what we're saying is like, okay, Cincinnati and Colorado probably like twenty to twenty-five percent owned here. And then you know, run run a build, right? Run your build and then see what some of these outputs are on the other side. So the way I would judge this, I would go to Team Stacks. I would look at a couple of things. I would look at stack pool exposure. So Cincinnati 38% that is 38% stack pool exposure is higher than our ownership that we said. And then we have Colorado at about 19%, uh, which is like even maybe a little less than what the field might play. So it seems like Cincinnati is a, is a better play than Colorado on today's slate. Uh, something that I personally like to do is come into these other stack tabs and see how these teams grade out um, in different forms of stacks, right? So we have 19% Cincinnati five stacks. We have 3% Colorado five stacks. And then as we move down here, Cincinnati continues to be our top pool exposure stack for four stacks uh, by a by a smaller margin here for four stacks. And then three stacks. And then see, this. this is like what I like to know is that from our 18% Colorado stacks, about 7% of that is two stacks. So um, like proportionally, you know, if we look at all these numbers, the biggest form of a stack for Colorado is actually a two stack. But the biggest form of a stack for, for Cincinnati is actually a five stack. So that tells me that, hey, Cincinnati is probably the best play on on the slate as far as um, stacks go here. and this might tell me like, hey, maybe I actually want uh, more exposure to Cincinnati and and maybe I would come in here to my batters and uh loosen up some of these restrictions on my Cincinnati batters and then say, okay, if, like if the player is on Cincinnati, then I'm okay rostering them at maybe maybe 45% what I set like the threshold to right so um, not to say that that's the number I want but but maybe that's a number I'm okay with right so maybe instead of a max exposure of 35 I go max exposure of 45 for Cincinnati specifically here but um, I think there are ways to to help you figure out to, to leverage the Sims to help you figure out if chalk is good or chalk is bad I think that this is probably one of the best ways that I would suggest. All right. Uh, Kurt said really quickly, Watched it last night. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Glad you're able to uh, take a peek at that. And what I would say, you know, from there is like those contests under $3 are going to be your best friend. Uh, The 5 cent 150 max on FanDuel, the 25 cent 20 max on FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, If, if, uh, if you had to choose between like the 50 cent mini max and the $4 20 max on DraftKings, we would suggest playing the $4 20 max first before playing that other contest, even though it's under $3. So that is something that we, we found which was an interesting point in the back testing in the behind the Sims series. So just a couple contests uh, to throw at you there. All right. Uh, question here from Noah. This is our last question at the moment. If anybody has any last questions, uh, good time to get those in now. And Noah said, wondering for golf this week, can you tweak it to make balanced builds versus starts and scrubs, or does it uh naturally do it? Um, so let's go over to golf. And what you could do here, right? So what I would suggest is to figure out where the threshold is for you as to players, you do not want to see, or do not want to see that much of, and then maybe set like a group rule. So then what I would say is like, let's say that you don't want to play more than one player below 6,700 salary in your lineups. So then what I would say is I would come into my lineup rules. I would do a group rule and then I would do an automatic rule. And then I would say, use no more than one. I would leave group by unchecked. I would add a requirement. And then I would say salary less than, and I would say 6,800. So a rule like this, and then what it'll do is if you save it as manual, you can see what it does here is it will go and get all the players who are 6,800 salary, make you one big group here. So 71 players in this group, and then say, use no more than one per lineup. So if you're looking to like limit the amount of players used under a certain salary threshold, I w- I think stat requirements are probably the best way to do it. So some form of this is is gonna be your friend here. Or you know what what you can also say is um, is you could you could change this to be projection, right? If you wanted to stay under a certain projection or only use so many players under a certain ownership, uh, because ownership is usually very good in golf. Like there's a lot of different variations that you can do with these um stat requirement rules. So so I would do something along these lines and and look at these and figure out if you could create a rule to help you get to the constructions that you want. All right. Good question there. Uh question from Daniel. Can you can you use three players from one team rule base rule for showdown as well? Uh if we're talking about NBA showdown, I would highly suggest not doing that. Um and the reasoning is that you know when when we're looking at one individual game, um, you really don't want to limit stack types that significantly here. If we go into this build that we ran, and we go and look at the stack types, uh, we're going to have a mix here, right? We're going to have about fifty percent four twos, twelve percent five ones, and about thirty-eight percent balance builds here. So I I would think in showdown here, uh, you would not want to set any really restrictive rules like that and be open to playing all of these stack types. All right. Looks like um, a little conversation um, in the Discord related to Kentucky Knicks question, but not like a real question here. Looks like Snowball jumping in, uh, giving some some thoughts here as well as some stuff in the YouTube chat. But looks like we're all caught up on questions at the moment. So while we wait for any last questions, questions to come in here i just want to remind everybody that if you guys are not playing over on owner's box uh you should be the contest continue to overlay the contests are softer than what you are going to find on draftkings fanduel and yahoo Uh, I don't expect it to stay that way forever, so capitalize on it when you can. When you use code SABER or SABERSIM to sign up, you can get a $500 deposit bonus. We will track your entry fees, and you can earn free SABERSIM credit for the standard plan, for the pro plan, and for the prop plan. We will reach out to you and ask you uh, what level you want to cash in at, and then once you cash in, we will restart you at zero, and you can earn as much credit as you possibly can. So no limit on the amount of credit that you can earn but looks like we have one last question here glad we we're able to get this last question in here from Montero and question says what stack types do you deselect with Fanduel slates like today six or more games uh so i don't deselect any stack types in the home build um and frankly i'm i'm pretty comfortable uh with that strategy pre-build that pre-build i'm not really doing a lot here i would say if i was running like an mlb Fanduel build here i i would probably want to have at least a three stack in my lineup uh but i would just wait to the post build i think that the builder's probably going to give you that naturally here which is why it's kind of like an afterthought for me but i always think that it's it's worth um kind of at the end of your adjustments uh closer to like um the the end here just taking a quick peek at that and making sure it's what you want. So let's just run this build on FanDuel and I'll talk about this a little bit just because you can't five stack on FanDuel here. Um, But basically one, I get to the post build here and two, I'm still going to use my right to left approach. But basically what I'm concerned about is that, you know, I'm going to go through my mini uniques. I'm going to go through my stack types. Um, What I'm mostly concerned about is like, after I make any adjustments to team stacks, after I make any adjustments to batters, you know, did the builder have to go find any lineups where the stacks that it's now playing are different than what I originally saw? So so once I get, uh, once I finish my right to left approach, I'll usually just jump back to team stacks make sure this is exactly what I want. But we can see that there's actually not even a two stack built here. All of our lineups have at least three stacks and mostly four stacks here. Uh, so this is exactly what I'm what I'm looking for. And, um, I, I don't think too much about it, but if I had any two stacks, I would probably zero those out and no worries. I saw that, uh, I see your comment here about, um, Jordan. Uh, so happy to clear that up for you, but great show today, everybody appreciate everybody tuning in we we'll be right back tomorrow for our next show on Wednesday, 2 PM Eastern. If anybody is building lineups throughout the day, has any questions, a question pops in your head, drop it in the office hours channel. Let it sit there until tomorrow. Uh, if I see it, I'll try and get you an answer. But if anything, we will cover it on the next show. It uh, gives us a steady queue of questions to start the day. So uh, until tomorrow, good luck in your contest. Take care. I will see you. Bye.